Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Before we get started on today's show, I want to tell you about the best damn family-owned dentist in all of the metro area. I'm talking, of course, about Green Mountain Dental Group, our longtime partner here at DNVR. Located in Lakewood, just 10 minutes from Denver, you can go there now if you're a first-time uh, first timer, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, and they'll get you a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a sort of getting-to-know-you gift, and they're great. Once you get to know them for the first time and start taking your dental health seriously, you're going to be wanting to go back every six months. Um, they're the type of people that send you the cards, of course, on holidays and things like that because they want to get to know you. You're not just a number, and they'll be taking care of you. So check them out, Green Mountain Dental Group over there in Lakewood. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the Losers Lounge. I'm going to try to bring the energy for you guys. Third Street Losers Lounge. Yeah, this sucks. It, it, it like, never gets comfortable. No, this this sucks. This really genuinely sucks. I'm going to uncut my hair. I apologize. Ooh, that's a great apologize point. Apologize for the mojo I thought you were going to say I'm like going to uncut myself as if like it was. I really I thought know. you were going to get really Still dark. Still live on the internet. <laughs> trying to save the vibes. Uh, today, guys, this post-game show is, of course, as always, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code DNVR when you do. You watch the pre-game show. You made money tonight. I know I made 10 units tonight. I, I units. made 10 units myself. Oh wait, no! I made seven, seven and a half units. Seven I made and a half ten units, units myself. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big one on our bets. It was not a big one for us. The only bet I lost, of course, was Nuggets to win, money line. Felt like they had a chance. Um, you know, there's a lot to talk about, guys. I, I feel like this game was, in many ways, a microcosm of the season. Kind of highlighted a lot of what's going on with the Denver Nuggets right now. Um, and I want to get into all of that. I got the man with this. Uh, is that? Did we determine? Is that a bomber? Yeah, no, it's a leather jacket, just a okay. classic leather jacket. What's a bomber again? It has to do with the collar style. The collar style makes it a bomber. Yeah. It's what everyone in LA wears. It's like a, you know, this is this is like a this is like a sports bomber. Oh, I see. That has that little thing on it. Okay, yours should have that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll get on it. I got uh, D line over here in the bomber. What's up, guys? Uh, nobody bombing like me and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are, in fact, bombing. And then over here, Superstar Duvalier. I really don't like being in those loser lounges. And it seems like we just have been here a little too long. Yeah, we need to get out of here. Whoever they play next, they we have to get out of this funk. Right. Well, the nice thing is there is some winnable or there are some winnable games on the horizon. Like Denver just went through a tough stretch. Utah, Lakers. You know, you're supposed to have Detroit in there, but you have Utah, Lakers, Sacramento, who I don't know if you guys have noticed, but is like streaking right now. I yeah. think they've won eight of nine or something like that. They have some, is that right? Yeah, and they have wins over a bunch of good teams. So they're cut them at the wrong moment. Uh, and then, of course, tonight, the the Bucks, a very good team. So I think a little bit of this, there's the, the desire to start swinging haymakers here. And I yeah. really start doing this. And look. There's a lot to be concerned about with the Nuggets. I think there's a lot to lose enthusiasm with about the Nuggets in this season, at least at the moment. But I also think within the broader context, the, these were games they they were going to struggle for anyway. But I'm going to start like I always do and ask what the big takeaway is because I have, I have a couple that I feel like are more important, but I'm curious if everybody else does. Dev, I'll start with you. 
the two things that stand out for me bigger than everything else is still their third, third quarter woes. Yeah. Um, they went on a 15-0 run. The Bucks went on a 15-0 run, and the Nuggets just could not stop the bleeding or slow it down in any type of way. Um, 15-0 run. And, and against a team that's as talented as the Bucks, there's, there's no way you give up that type of momentum and expect it back. You right. can do that against a team that's not that good, but it's it's Giannis with you know two time MVP and they know how to win these games. Um, and then my my second one would just be like the amount of carrying and load that Jan, I mean Nikola Jokic has right now, and he's just not getting anyone else to do anything to help him. And it's making it really hard. I mean Barton had a good game today, but it's not what you expect from everyone else trying to give in with him in. They just they can't find their identity with Giannis. I mean, Jokic being the only one that could do anything. So true. Yeah, for me, the biggest takeaway is that uh, Jamal Murray has to show up. Like, yeah, this, the Denver Nuggets are going absolutely nowhere, nowhere without both. Uh, I mean, Jokic is a guarantee. You can pencil him, him in. He's had one bad night. game. It happened to be the only game apparently anybody yeah. watched as I've listened to podcasts all week about how he actually hasn't been good this year because it, it happened to be on, on TNT when he against the Lakers. But uh, Jokic, in my opinion, I think was it 23 games this year for the Nuggets. Is that right? Is it 23? Uh, nope, it, it's 22 games. I think Jokic has 21 good or better games. Yep. One one game that was like mediocre wasn't I don't even think it was bad it was mediocre but of those twenty one good games like sixteen of them are bangers like yeah. like, like tonight or better it's you ridiculous. know ridiculous yeah he can't like he's on such a unbelievable role right now and it's just it's so frustrating he can't get any help at all nothing reliable anybody who starts out hot for the Nuggets is you can just guarantee that they're gonna cool off at some point like you you can just watch their confidence surge right when they come in and then like something just like slowly seeps out of them like you feel really confident that Paul Millsap is gonna hit three pointers in the first half in the second half you're like do not touch the ball right right yeah it's really incredible just to think about like the Nuggets have been an up and down type of team but there's one thing that has been for certain every single time, and it's Nikola Jokic. And that does not matter that every team is giving them so many different looks and they're giving double teams and making them have to think on the fly. And he's still getting it done, but he still is not getting anyone else to, to help him out. And it's, I know it has to be frustrating with him, and you, you could actually start to see it spill out um, throughout the games now. And what... You know the thing with Yoke, and, and we've talked about this before a little bit. It's un, it's unfair to compare Jamal Murray to him, but I mean they're both getting paid the same. I mean they're both on max contracts, and and yeah, one man. of the things you look at is last year through twenty two games. You know Jokic maybe had three or four bad ones. wasn't many, but it was three. It was a couple, and then his just like his average was a little bit lower. A part of what's happened this year is like his average game now is like twenty seven, twenty eight points. With Murray tonight was kind of a no show. I yeah, mean, four dude, of seventeen, four of seventeen no points, and I don't know how many of those four came in the first quarter. I dude, feel like he, all of them. Not, he got nine. Points nine of his eleven quarter. points yeah. came in the first quarter. He came in on two fire, points we in like, the oh, final man, three. That's a really rough. And it's just we've talked about this all the time. But when Murray's not good, the Nuggets they need like multiple guys to right. be good. And tonight, you know, you mentioned Barton. I thought Barton was good in the in the first half. I, second, we're gonna talk about it. a lot of people sending me the whole like check his plus minus this or that. I'm gonna talk about that in a second. Because I think it's it's one of my main takeaways. But before we get their vote, your your piece here on this. I hope I'm not game. stepping on your toes, man. But this team doesn't have any wings. Yeah, and yep. Barton yep. played I thought yep. decent to good defense tonight on Chris yep. Middleton, but it didn't matter because he wasn't tall enough, long enough, big enough, and especially when PJ Dozier's hurt, who's not even a wing by the way, it's a point guard who we're sort of looking at as the next guy up. Um, as you're waiting for MPJ to figure this out, which could be a long wait. 
This guy's probably more of a four than a three. We'll find out. In the meantime, they don't have any wings. And that reared its head against Chris Middleton tonight. And he's a great, great player. But there's levels to this. And there are higher levels than Chris Middleton. So Middleton tonight goes for 29 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists on 9 of 16 shooting. He goes 0 of 5. The only shots he missed were his threes. He missed one he missed one shot inside inside there. He gets to the a foul line 11 times, which alone is tough. But to have a near 30-point triple-double from a guy that's not known for collecting triple-doubles, but the thing about it was Denver didn't have anybody that they could put on. We saw Harrison Barnes. Chris Middleton's like super Harrison Barnes in some right, ways. I know right, it's like an right. offensive. This is like an offensive uh, comp for for Chris Middleton because he's so much better at it. But what I mean is Harrison Barnes is really good at using his size and kind of getting to that spot, elevating for his jumper. And, he, and if you're not tall enough, you can't block it. Middleton's an elite mid-range jump shooter, and he just got to his spots today against Bar up against Barton, against Jamal Murray, against whoever they were trying to use against him. And it wasn't like you said, it wasn't bad defense. It was. There's nothing you can do. It would be right. like somebody trying to defend Jokic with somebody 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, you know, like the height difference. At a certain point, you're just like, yeah, this isn't going to work no matter how good you are in defense. you got to keep him from getting to the spot. Once a scorer like Middleton is in his spots and in rhythm, and the guy's not tall but enough. But the 11 free throws are like it. trying to keep him out of his, his spot is really difficult right. for a skilled big player. Right, like, that's this isn't, right. This isn't some scrub, you know. This is a guy that's like knows how to get to his spots against people his height. And it's a shooting guard trying yeah. to get physical. With and him. I was just gonna say, uh, Chris Middleton is an all star, and, and not the fact that it's even an all star. We could go back to Harrison Barnes. The idea of, of these type of games, and this is a game that I think that you want to just see how they would fare against a star player, a player that just looks at the Nuggets team and goes, "I know Will Barton can't guard me. I know right. Michael Porter Jr. can't guard me." And those are the only guys that they have back yep. there. What are they going to do? Because when you had Torrey Craig, at least it was a guy that was going to be strong. He's going to be up on you. For Oklahoma City, they have Dort. You know, he, he could be strong. He could be up on you. Everyone's looking at them, especially when you look at them in a playoff scenario. Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James is who you're going to have to go through if you want to, you know, go to the conference finals or even go to the, the finals. Those guys are looking at Will Barton and Michael Porter Jr. and they're saying that's that's lunch. Like I could do that whenever I want. Baby food. Yeah, Chris Middleton kills us every time he comes to the ball arena. Every time he comes to the Pepsi Center, every single time they're like, uh, the common uh, Scott Hastings will be like, man, we can't let this guy out of the building until we sign him to a contract. It's just like <laughs> something about playing in Denver. He just murders us every time, and I'm sure it's the matchup. And he's a great player, and he, I mean, this is just another night like the. It's a, so I, I got a lot of people saying that, like, look at the plus minus, you know, Barton minus 19. And in the second half, I did. I mean, he, once he cooled off on offense, then he was no longer valuable sure. on offense or on defense. But to me, that minus 19 was because he mirrored Chris Middleton, who was a team high plus 17. Like yeah. sometimes the stuff, sometimes the plus minus, you can't actually get to the bottom of what it was. And I don't know, you know, short of putting uh, uh, Michael Porter on him right. for more extended minutes. But again, like. Michael Porter was making some mistakes out there tonight that I know why Malone wasn't giving him, you know, didn't have the trust in him to do that, this or that or whatever. But, you know, I, we have talked in the past about Michael Porter screws up in the thinking part of the game. Maybe you put him on the best player to begin with and you don't have to think. You just got to guard him and see what happens. Like he, It's hard for me to imagine he could have done worse than allowing him to 29 points because at least he does have the physical tools. But, again, that trust there with Michael Porter just isn't there from Michael Malone. But also, guys, tonight – yeah. I think it was very clear, also from his teammates. And this brings in a layer that I think we've under-discussed a little bit. Michael Porter took a shot tonight that was a little weird. I, I It doesn't kill me. 
Like he takes bad shots sometimes. A lot of guys take Mar- Jamal Murray takes bad shots. Sure. Well, Barton takes lots of Plenty. bad shots. Like yep. there's a lot of guys that take <laughs> bad shots. It doesn't bother me, but when you watch Jokic's reaction to that one, those guys George Carl talks about this all the time. It's all about connection. It's about trust. It's trust that's given but also trust that's earned. And I think it's hard for anybody. And I'm I love Michael Porter. I want him to work out and there's still time. <laughs> but it's hard to watch that yeah. play and be like, "Man, this team and, and think anything other than this team, the coach, and the star player have zero trust. Yep. Not faith. Trust in him to make the right play. And it was tough. I'll be honest. It was tough to watch. It was you, a tough you, you said that it was the shot that he was upset with, and that's the one that everyone's seen. The pass, the, the oh, turnover. Yes. That, you're yep. right. That that's, is what it was. That's 100%. the one that you're right. Jokic screamed like twice out loud. He's very upset. He, does, he already looks away whenever, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. takes a bad shot. But that pass on a two-on-one, and it ended up being a dunk on the other end. Middleton throws it he down. He was just Giannis guessing. Dunk. There's reads and there's guessing. Yeah, you're just <sighs> out there just not reading anything. But that's not the reading one, the court. Very that's predictable. That's the one that Jokic was very, like, highly upset. Because and, and it was like a, a, a slow-moving car wreck. Yeah, it was like yeah. like yeah. Jokic is standing at half court like, don't do what you're about to do. Don't <laughs> do it. He did it. But then now, now moving forward, like, how does, how does Michael Porter Jr. react back to that? Right. You don't want to make mistakes. But you don't want to play outside of your game. But you're a player that makes a lot of chances. So now he's like in a, in a spot where he's like, I don't know what to do. I really think that Michael Porter Jr. for the first time in his life does not know what to do on a basketball. Court. He looks so miserable, man. Like I honestly yeah. feel for him because we know how talented he is, and it's a weird thing when you're that talented to lose confidence because for reasons you know, it's not a like. I honestly don't think Michael Porter's sitting there going, nobody, you know, is giving me this, nobody's giving that. I think he's like, I don't know how to fix whatever's broken with me right now. Like, I'm so far away in the part of the game that's do you think he holding me back. Go, do you think he should go back to the bench? Is there something about, like, playing with Jokic that, like, you, if he knows if he makes the wrong play, like, he's going to be penalized? I still think you want to wave that white flag yet, man. Like, in terms of oh, trying man. to, like, forge through, figure it out, right? I mean, this is the plan. But is it, it? I mean, but if it... it at this point, it feels like you are further damaging the relationship with Jokic. Like, well, but some, and this is what's interesting is we don't know, and this would be a great thing, I think, on, honestly, that it's going to bubble to the surface more and more, and there's questions to be asked about this, but this is also a challenge for Jokic. Like, I, I said this on the Lockdown Nuggets pod yesterday. Me and Matt uh, Moore had, a, I think, a very good back and forth about this, but, you know, I'm a big believer in, first of all, it's personal responsibility. If you don't make it in the league, if you don't, if you don't get it, like, First and foremost, it falls on the player. So uh, the lion's share of all of this, in my opinion, is going to fall on Michael Porter. Sure. He, if he gets bounced from this team, bounced for the league, whatever it is, it will ultimately be he has to look in the mirror for that. But I'm also a big believer in if when you're a team, you are there's this other thing where you're all one. You're all part of one entity here, and you have to figure out, all of you, how to get this thing to work. And I think for Jokic, the real challenge is, He's also not getting through to this dude. Like yep. Michael Porter clearly doesn't know what Jokic wants him, or is else, incapable right? of doing it. Yeah. Like you got to find a way to get this guy because if not, the season's not going to go that successfully. No, I mean, it's, gonna it's go very, horribly. it's, gonna it's, gonna, it's very clear that the Nuggets are going to have flaws. We'll see what they do at the trade deadline. They're going to have flaws. The the key is they might have some weapons that other teams can't balance if they can look, get those weapons to work. And right now they're not. Yeah. I mean, this this has been the story coming into the season. This is going to be the story the entire season. It's just whether or not Michael Porter Jr. can play in a way that is beneficial enough to the Nuggets to make them right. And and also not only uh, 
like add to what Murray and, and Jokic were able to accomplish. But in often like there needs to be nights like tonight where you're like, wow, Jamal does not have it. Like Michael Porter Jr. needs to step up. Like that's the other natural scorer on this team. Like it's nice to see uh, Will Barton have a nice night. It's nice to see Paul Millsap step up. But like you know. That th- this is as good of a game as you're going to get out of Will Barton. A hundred percent. Like this was hundred percent. This is a yep. top Will Barton game. This is going to be a top, easily a top five Will Barton game. This Which year, I mean, I would he, he played a great game. You know, yeah. he really did. And it's, but like, it's just, it's not enough. Like, we need more, and we have it. We have it in potential. We just don't have it in action. And we know it's there, but yeah, that's the question. Like, can they can they turn potential into kinetic? I think. Um, and you know, I don't think it's personal outside of the fact that MPJ has the biggest room for growth. Uh, but I just think Jokic, you have to play the right way. That means more to him than anything, right? So that fast break possession that Dev mentioned, right. knowing where to be, moving when you're not involved, um, cutting t- timely cuts, not just cutting here and there. Like That's the stuff that gives Jokic life, and that's the source of his frustration. Yeah, I think Jokic, more than any other player in this league, is a process over results, results oh, player, no meaning like he really does just... That's why sometimes we get frustrated or like, do this, do you know, shoot the ball more, or do this or that. And he's like, guys, healthy process over time is going to pay off in the end. And so I think you're right. I think that was 100% spot on. Like when he sees somebody break process because they're capable or just because they didn't read the court well or whatever it is, it really gets on him. Are you, Dev, are you concerned seeing Jokic scream at him the way that he, because that we, we've seen little frustrations, but I felt like this was the most frustrated we have seen Jokic directed solely at one player. I'll say yes and no. Uh, the only reason I say no is because we've been seeing uh, Jokic in a different light altogether this year. Many question if he cared. We've seen since the yeah, kick he when cares. he kicks the chair, he truly does care. And now we've always wanted Jokic to be um, more talkative and more of a leader. And now he's stepping out and he's he's calling people out on the spot or he's saying things and he's demanding the ball. Like he's doing things that most leaders are, are will do. Um, so like. On that, on that hand, we're saying no. But then at the same time, it's already a player that's, you know, kind of broken. Like, his, he feels as if his coach doesn't like him. Um, and now the star player, he can't fit around him. He doesn't know what to do in these type of spots. Like, how many people are telling Michael Porter Jr., like, you're fine? Or, right. like, how do you get him back to the, the, the light of shoot the ball when you want to, do what you want to out there on the floor, and, like, be yourself? And that's why I think until, like, like until until recently, I thought about always. I don't know why Michael Porter Jr. doesn't want to be on the bench at least until he figures everything out. Because less least pressure, until he no. learns the plays. That's what I'm saying. Because you're yeah. not looking at him in the same light if he's just on the bench and he's taking shots and he's learning the plays or he's learning how to operate um, in different ways. But now, when you're a starter and now you have the light on you around Jokic, who's a, 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 a superstar right now. You're not being the same you, and you're trying to find things that are not there. So I'll say yes and no on but that. But how do you develop, though, if you don't get those minutes? I mean, ultimately, it's about whether he fits with Jokic. But it, don't you think that that he just needs to, like what Dev is saying, like you just need to, he needs to find his confidence before he can like Maybe. even come. Maybe, might be. You know what I mean? He needs to find I feel himself. like we're tearing down you know, back they, to the studs. Like, rather, yeah, we were, yeah, thought we were renovating, no, but, like, but we're like, we like, got to start like when, over. Uh, it's like when somebody's like going to get it back into a relationship, and you're like, bro, you got to work on yourself first. Right? <laughs> you can't bring this baggage into a new relationship. Yep. If, you re- if you like rewind back to the yeah, Mike, keep on having yeah, Mike type moments, and he, yeah. he becomes the player, no or he gets the confidence where he's scoring at will. Then you throw him in there. Yeah. Like then you like, okay, let's see you do it like alongside someone. Then your shot is on or you're scoring in so many different ways that it's like, okay, I made a mistake, but I'm still scoring. Right. But right now it's like, 
we had the yeah Mike moment, then we had a couple of bad games, and then it's like, okay, we'll put you in the starters and see how you do. Right. Now right, he's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like it's like, so true. It does feel a little backwards. Like he's playing so poorly over these last few, and he's starting. All that said, I mean, look, these moments of friction, like they happen, right? And these are adults. These are professionals. It's not. You don't point to it and go, oh, there's a problem. It's just an observation. Right. Something that these guys have to have to figure. And out. honestly, like, here's the funny thing: we get so many comments from people that are, you know, really frustrated. And I get yeah. it. Like, guys, yeah. this is your outlet. You could be frustrated. Keep it nice with each other. Like, honestly, keep. Yeah. If you, you want to yell at somebody, yell at Eric. Yeah, I was going to say, continue <laughs> to call me a dipshit. I, is that, I, is I, that what the, is that the comment <laughs> well, Is it a real yet. dumpster I'm, fire? I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm reading between the lines on some of these. No, but seriously, guys, <laughs> if we're not enjoying the sports process, like, why are we part of it? And this is one of the the, the things where. Professional athletes, and especially great ones, are built different, hashtag built different, than most of us in this one regard. You're you're built through adversity. You're built through the hard times. And I always, we always get the comments that are like, Jokic should demand a trade. They don't, they're wasting him or this and that. They were in the Western Conference Finals like three months ago. <laughs> this team is on, like, I they're know. having... They're like three losses below their what they should be at right now. Like, okay, yeah. they're on a little bit of a bump right now, of course. Like, there are Murray is kind of letting Jokic down right now. No, Millsap and, and, and Martin, like, yep, Murray's absolutely. Letting These guys Jokic are, down. but guess what? You can't. The world doesn't exist where you just cut bait and leave every time things get hard. If that, hey, you can't do that in your personal life. So you don't want that to happen with <laughs> you your can. superstars. You'll, you'll send them all to L.A. Like Jokic <laughs> would really win a championship this year if he gets to L.A. That said, I'm reading the room on the on the chatters, and I agree with them. I am ready to move off of MPJ a little bit because I don't think. I mean, the MPJ Jokic dynamic, I think, is a big observation and takeaway from this game. I thought it for three quarters, MPJ's not three, two and a half quarters. His defense was all right. Oh, it, when the wheels came off, when the it wheels was quick. came off, it came it was off quick, quick in yep. the fourth. I thought the body language, the defense, much much better in the first half. Um, that's all stuff we'll keep an eye on. Uh, really weird rotation from Malone in the first half tonight. Let's take our first break because okay. on the other side we need Ooh. to get to Jamal Murray. We got to get because Jamal Murray, we we didn't spend enough time on him. Like it was really disappointing tonight because they mean, get that oh win if they get God. an average Murray game. I don't know what else to talk about with him though. Like, well, maybe like, maybe it'll be quick then. Maybe it'll be quick. We'll talk about the rotation. Vlatko Chanchar, he's in, and then we'll also talk about another player who was there, former Denver Nugget Tory Craig. <laughs> I was, I'll be honest, man. I was first to say that they don't need him, but now you look around and you're like, wow, they could have used a 6 8 wing here. We nailed a lot of bets in the pregame show. We should have smashed the Tory over on threes. I that know. was a lot yeah. tonight. Yeah, dude. for sure. Nug life. Uh, guys, have you tried the Mile High City Copper Lauder from Breckenridge Brewery? It's Denver Nuggets themed. It's Denver Nuggets branded. Denver Nuggets beer. If you are a Denver Nuggets diehard, get yourself the Mile High, mile high <laughs> City Copper Lager. If you're not sure where to pick that up, Official that, that, that's partnership. Why, that's why we put the shirt. You can come down to the DNVR bar on Colfax. We've got Breckenridge Brew <laughs> on tap, or you could check out the Breck Beer Locator. It tells you uh, where the nearest Breck Brew is to you, down to the nearest tenth of a mile. You can choose what flavor you're looking for. Just punch in that MHC, find some. It's delicious. Or the farmhouse is open, socially distanced, beautifully set up for dining. If you're more comfortable at home, you can also order curbside pickup from 12 to 8. You can get beer delivery from the Drizzly app or head to the nearest grocery store like King Supers or Costco. Order delicious food and booze from the farmhouse if you're able. Call 303-803-1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup. Use DNVR to save $5. That's 3803-1380. Let's go. And then, uh, oh, what else you got? What else you got? Flame. Vote. <laughs> Boo. You see, this is what oh, happens. The pressure. Oh, no. I can always do a video ad right here. Look at 
He's got I got it. it. I got it. Uh, some talk about Hassle Cattle Company, the official stake of the World Food Championships. The WFC is held in Dallas, has 1,500 chefs from 45 states and 20 countries competing for 3,500 grand. The Super Bowl of Food Sports. Uh, they provided 850 ribeyes for the shed steak cookoff. Uh, Check out Hassle Cattle Wagyu. I swear the bar. Head to Hassle the Cattle the, Company. The, the jukebox that like reads our moods and then plays music that reflects. <laughs> this is my right anxiety now, trying right to get now through it's this. Like an anxiety. It's terrible. Kill. I'm sweating. Die. The sweat ramped up. Yeah. Uh, head to CastleCattleCompany.com. Can we like order? Use a promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off. Any orders over $200, you get free shipping. Check out Hassle Cattle Company. We promise you will not be disappointed. Uh, I can't do ad reads. Death, <laughs> death to everyone. That, uh, that felt like a third quarter. I got to knock that down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back here, guys, on the DNBR Nuggets post game show. Thanks for hanging with us. The real ones, they're here for the oh, losers' no, lounge. Man. Anybody shows up for the winners' lounge. Of our, our 606, uh, we're dropping. <laughs> the real ones, we're dropping here. This keeps going on. No, the real, the real ones are here for the losers' lounge. So, um,. Let's get in. Uh, let's talk about the rotation here really quickly because Vladko Chanchar, as much as I like him, and I kind of actually trust him to do like his job, but he's not a great player. No, but he just feels like <laughs> he feels like pure fundamentals, right? Like, yes, exactly what he is. Like you're, Vladko's not going to go out there and like dribble into traffic and try and make a spin move. He's not going to do anything that Paul Millsap or say Will Barton would do. But he's not going to do what Paul Millsap or Will Barton would do, which is hit. Shots. Right, right. <laughs> so, I, I, I think really, the better think, comparison, though, would be Bol Bol, yeah. Zeke Naji, and Isaiah Hartenstein. And I'm I'm surprised at how many Nuggets fans are completely off the Hartenstein bandwagon. Because, look, everybody gives uh, like looks at Michael Porter being out of the rotation in, not knowing where his men's coming, and they're like, I understand it, play him more. Hartenstein was good, I thought, early in the season. He doesn't. He gets cut out of the rotation, and then he plays these spot minutes, and like. We're judging him on four or five minutes at a yeah. time, and they've not been good. We've talked about MPJ feeling yanked around and not getting into a rhythm. When are your minutes coming? I mean, not that as much is expected from Hartenstein, but at this point, how is he supposed to be ready for game night? And if he's coming in, something else has to be going on with him. Three, four minutes at a time. You know, look, he's picking up a lot of fouls. Well, maybe part of that is he just feels like he's got to do something, throw his body around, make an impact. I yeah, think he maybe. just fouls a lot. That too. <laughs> uh, but I'm, here's my ultimate point: is what you were making, which is like. Malone doesn't trust him. Right. And and until Malone trusts him and it fails, <laughs> I'm not sure that we have enough evidence to say, oh, Hardenstein doesn't have it. He hasn't gotten a chance. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played well. That's, I mean, that's that's pretty, it's like, you can't really deny that. Um, I don't mind giving Vlatko a look. You know what I mean? Like, Vlatko's been on, he's paid his dues much more he than He has Isaiah played his had. dues here. It's a good point. Um, and so, you know, if you're not getting it done, it's not that you're, like, especially not getting it done, but you're getting, like, such little from Isaiah, even when he's playing well. Like, let's see if we can get the same thing from Vlatka. Like, why not? So, I mean, I, I don't really know what the answer is here. I just know that uh, we just have Jokic and a bunch of guys, and it's sort of like we're just arguing around the margins a little bit when really it's just, like, we just need... Jamal goddamn Murray to make some shots. And <laughs> we are arguing the margins. This is the margin is seg fair, seg yeah. segment, though. But five points from Jamichael Green, three points from RJ Hampton, zero points for Vlad Kuchanchar, 12 for Monte Morris, who's basically like the sixth starter. But that bench, man, you get eight points from the others outside yeah. the top six, man. What do you think about the bench lineup and Malone trying so many different players there? I think that you have to try because you just don't get anything. If you have nothing to go yeah. off of, it's like, let's give this guy a chance. Like, 
or let's try especially with with the injuries coming into place now you you put michael porter jr or and you also have barton in the starting lineup so who's your scoring option with that anyway so now you're just trying to mentally come up with the idea of do i go all defense because i don't have any type of scores or do i go all like like what 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 can they do right you guys are like a little bit confused about like why hartenstein doesn't play or why like things like that i'm confused how vlatko can't i thought he was a mascot i didn't know he was <laughs> honestly i really him didn't. and greg winnington <laughs> he doesn't do anything great for me on the basketball court that confuses no. me like if you're going to give those minutes up you might as well give bobo who we know has a high yeah, ceiling bobo? and is trying to learn like at least that well, makes sense to me my thing boulder's the high ceiling hartenstein not quite with like the bull stuff but this is a guy you want to find out if he can play like Vlatko's the most known quantity on the right, entire right. roster. Yeah, and it's like, like what are we trying to figure out here? <laughs> he's a he's a total unit. What's right. his phrase? On he's February eighth, absolute. He's unit. an absolute unit, meaning uh, he's worth one uh, betting unit. <laughs> yeah. one betting but then with, with Hardenstein, also back to Hardenstein, like he's he's a traditional big. Like he's what's been pushed out of the right, league. Yeah. So. I really don't get why we like are so confused why he's not playing minutes because he doesn't he doesn't answer anything that the Nuggets need like he's right. not a defensive big man he doesn't you know rebound particularly well like he doesn't do anything great he just is out there for minutes yeah. so you might as well give those minutes to someone else that has yeah. a higher upside or at least has something to build off of and that's where I'm I'm at on that well so here, this brings us, and I hate to go to this one, but he, oh Nuggets matched up with him tonight and Torrey Craig. You know, that was a player that was willing and able and, and desperate hard. to... Ultimate try hard. Yeah, but he wanted to be... Well, here's the thing. If he was on the Nuggets roster tonight, how much would he have played? Tonight. Probably a lot. Tonight. He would have played the full Tw game. 30 started, minutes. He would have played the full game. That's true. And look, I do think there's something, too. Malone would have... We want Michael Porter to play minutes. I think that would have like maybe stymied things, and because of what we're already seeing, but you do go and look at it. They chose Compazzo over over uh, Tory Craig, and Denver now, as as you look at this, like Compazzo was active tonight, but didn't play. I'm sure because he became active so late or whatever. I, I suspect he'll play going forward, but. Composo doesn't fix any of the things we're talking about tonight. No, nothing. And that's the and that's and that's the kind right. of thing. Tory Craig would, and I'll be the first to admit it. I was wrong on this one. I was good riddance. Tory Craig, like, and, and I still don't think he's a great player. But like, Denver needs anybody between the heights of six foot six and six foot Although, ten. They don't have anyone. I gotta say though, I mean, part of the problem is that when Jokic goes off the floor, the Nuggets are wholly unable to score in yeah. any in any uh, capacity. And so, you know, maybe. Maybe Composo helps loosen those gears a little bit. Like yeah. he gets people in in good position to make easy shots. Like there were just a, a couple of moments in this, just these leverage, high leverage moments where just one thing could have gone one way right. or the other, and it went. The oh, wrong the Jamal way. Murray open three on the corner was the oh. ultimate. Like if they, he hits that, I think the Nuggets win. But I revisiting the Tory Craig decision. Like you were pretty for it as well when when Denver cut ties with him. But do you feel differently now? No, it's gonna feel that way after games like this, especially because he just hit. Was it three threes? Uh, and you're like, where's that? That's true. He would have been but, 0 for 3 with like um, 6 and 1s on Giannis. <laughs> but we're, if we're in the middle of last regular season, you know, how many of us are confident that Torrey Craig's going to shut Chris Middleton down? That's not yeah. really his matchup either. Now, at this point, they need warm bodies. Anyone who's even close to the height of a wing, like, I get it. But I always thought of Craig as a guy who had more success on the Dames, the Russes, not so much the Wings. Yeah, yeah. He was a guy Jokic didn't even really want to pass the ball to. I still think scary. he boycotted an entire game in Memphis because Torrey Craig started. <laughs> and more often than not, like if, 
I know people aren't high on it right now, but if your whole objective is to figure out the Tory Craig, the the Michael Porter Jr. thing, I think you have to take Craig that. away from Malone. So it, it, it feels that way now. I get why God Nuggets fans damn. feel that way about Composo versus Craig. But I don't think Craig in Denver this year would be some beautiful, sweet story. I know, this is like an ultimately be, be careful what you wish for right, scenario. Right, 100%, Eric. Like where you're like, we need, we got to get rid of Tory Craig so my, Michael Porter Jr. can play. And it's like, why do we get rid of Tory right, Craig? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Michael yeah, Porter yeah, Jr. Yeah. Exactly, he can't do yeah, anything. Exactly. no defense. Like, uh, the guy with the, <laughs> some positive news, guys. You guys ready for some positivity? Oh, baby. I'm going to inject some go. positivity right into your eyeballs. Let's go. I have a new favorite nugget. It's not oh, Jokic. He's, know, he's out. I already know who it is. <laughs> I don't even like I that guy. I know who it is. I think I got this. Starts with R. It does. Ends with J. Hampton. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. does end with J. Hampton. Exactly. All right. Maybe not my favorite nugget. Maybe I'm getting Champion. a little ahead of myself. But I got to say, man, we talk about Hartenstein and all of these guys getting chances and what are they out there to do. I'm telling you, R.J. Hampton has great people in his ear. I don't know who it yeah, is. Dude. He has great people in his ear. They're like, dude. Nobody cares if you can take dudes off the dribble. Nobody cares if you can do that step. But nobody cares. Just go out there and rebound and defend and hustle and be the hardest working guy. And he has accepted that. He saw all the different dog houses Malone was building by hand, and he <laughs> thought, "I'm going to play defense and I'm going to rebound." Yes, sir. He's like, in Malone's like, office, and yeah. he's building a dog house with RJ on it. He's, he's like, like uh, "I'll put uh, D." Oh, he's like helping him build it. He's like, well, "What do we need to do?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, though. This guy's really impressed me in a way that, yeah. you know, Compazzo's back now. Denver has this logjam of guards, and RJ, I pro in my opinion, probably gets bounced from this rotation before too long just because, again, he's not the, exactly the piece. But I'll be honest, man, I felt good when he was out there. Yeah. And I felt good when he was out there the game before. Yeah. They, when you uh, when you when you get into a, like a new relationship with a girl, oh, okay. you ask these You ask these questions. I'm gonna get some like go-to love music for every <laughs> no. time Deb uses a relationship. No, but really, when you get into a new relationship, you ask these questions yeah. like, "What are some things that you don't like about someone? <laughs> like, we need a whole, what are things that you do like about like? someone? <laughs> okay. You ask these questions." Relationship, exactly. and the only reason you ask those questions is so that you don't do the things that. That went bad in the past. <laughs> yeah. You don't. It's not really you, yeah. Yeah. but you don't want to do the things that that went bad in the past. So you start to be someone else. That even if you're not, it's, okay. it's just who that who she wants. And that's what RJ. That's what RJ Hampton is. Like he goes out there and he does all of the things that Malone yeah. wants. Like when's the last time we've seen a guy set up for a charge? He goes out <laughs> so and he, he rebounds exceptionally well. He's out there working hard. He does all of the things that no one else is going to do. So. When things are going bad, or if you're just like, I need a little bit of energy, who do they throw out there? They throw out R.J. Hampton, and he Maybe. brings the spark that they don't. Faku's not there right now, so they have to get it somehow, and he's the person that they're That's using so to get it right now. He's he, he could, in a lot of ways, be a very comparable Tory Craig replacement. Like, yeah. It, it yeah. just it, yeah. it, it just the energy. He's got length. Like, sure. Well, the energy, yeah, sure. And uh, you know, and like Dev is saying, he's like Malone. That's so crazy. I love ballet too. <laughs> Let's go to ballet. That's amazing. It's I thought he, um, uh, I thought he sort of turned a bit of a corner in that the first three appearances in these types of scenarios, RJ was like, "I'm just gonna get the rebound. I am just gonna run and jump as hard yeah, as yeah. I can." Tonight, he set up a couple of plays, a couple of shots that you know the pass was great, but also it just showed some forethought, right? He 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 thought ahead. Uh, he set some guys up for some buckets. I thought he was starting to. He added a little more confidence to his game tonight. I thought he looked great. Yeah, that, and that's exactly what it is. Is you you start doing the base. You build your foundation on like, okay, here's what I do. Yep. I rebound. I defend. I dive on the floor, and I yep. get ten minutes, and that's yep. it. And then you start to build off of that. Like, okay, 
I've been out here long enough. I know when we run this action, there's a cutting angle for yep. this. I'm going to start reading that a little bit better. And you start doing little things like that, and if you've earned the trust, you can get a little bit more. Yeah, and he's, I, he's getting more and more. Absolutely. Yeah. That being said, I do not trust him at all. With the <laughs> ball in his hand at all. Oh, like, it's terrifying. You know what, though? There are some guys on this team, like fourth, like transition Paul Millsap. Oh, my God. I trust him less than RJ oh with the ball God. in his hand. Oh, my God. Transition Millsap is... Dude, when he tried to take Dante <laughs> off the dribble and got stripped in the fourth. Transition Millsap oh, might be my least... I'm afraid to say his last name. I always mess it up. DiVincenzo? DiVincenzo. Yeah, Di Vincenzo. Vincenzo. I would never try it. Like, couldn't you grow up with like 18 DiVincenzo? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> is that a jersey? You think that I should be in jersey? Dante DiVincenzzo. Let's yes. take King of the Game. Well, it's a big mystery. Off, Hold on. Anybody guess, guess, guess who no, the King who of the Game was? You, who are your who guess? You Will guess? Barton, bring it on in, baby. Give it to him. Okay, Whoa. all right. It was Jokic. We're kidding. It's, it was Somebody freaked out when they heard Will Barton. So, somebody on the chat went Just straight through their laptop. Vote. Like, yeah, like, I said, like, I am downvoting this. F F F F. I'm creating three burners and downvoting them all again. That's how much I'm upset about it. Yeah, everybody in the chat, if you agree that Jokic was the King of the Game, you owe us one like. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing about it, guys. Of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, the presenting sponsor of the show, you see DNVR there. Jokic tonight, 35 points. Second worst game in the last four. Like, <laughs> when you think about it, Jokic has a 47 piece. I don't remember what he got against the Lakers. It wasn't good. It was like 14 or 16 or something. He got, but he got 47 piece. Well, it knocked him piece. out of the MVP conversation. It did. One 100%. game. It knocked him all the way out. And now a 35 piece. Like his score. And tonight, you could see he's getting more confident with his scoring, oh. man. Like, and it's kind of cool. This is, again, I reference George Call all the time, but this is where he talks about, like, I think it. There really might be something nice to Jokic getting to focus on score. Like tonight, he had to just focus on that. He can do everything, but there is nice if you gave him somebody else that's like, hey, you just go down to the block. I'm going to get you. Boom. All right, you do your thing. And if you need to kick it out, I'll find a secondary action for us. Like, Sounds don't worry like about it. What Jamal Murray should be doing. <laughs> it is a little bit like. I think Jamal Murray just needs to score, man. I think this is part of why he's in a funk right now. I, I got to say that quickly. Like, of all of the people that you do talking things with, like, Referencing George Carl, good call. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like. I don't imagine you go on your other shows. You're like, I, I mean, I, I go back to what Eric was saying. A lot, like. <laughs> Anthony Irwin was making a great point last week. Never done that one. Shouts to Anthony. Did you have something you wanted to add in there? Yeah, but you know, yeah, it's kind of, I'm how important I had to fire my joke off. I'd rather listen to you. Um, so again, Jokic tonight goes 13 of 26. It is absurd that he only gets to the foul line six times. Three of those were on that fake shot fake, which I'm going to say it when the Nuggets do it because I say it when other teams do it. Jokic got the call on that shot fake, step fully forward and, and take a shot. Like, not a foul. Link's got to get rid of this, man. Yeah, but oh, I liked that one, though. I did like that one, too. That one too. was tight. Did keep us alive. <laughs> yeah, was uh, Middleton got one as well, I think, in Middleton the first Middleton got one on Barton that I thought was great. It's the How do you... It's the it's the call that makes me question my love for look this at, sport. Look at all the scratches on Jokic's hand. I'm seeing him right now on an interview, and like his entire hand looks you like he took a cheese grater. No, and like, you look at it, you're like, that's a oh, cat owner. That's a. It's cat a cat owner. owner. <laughs> Maybe that, it's actually possible that that's exactly what that, that has nothing to do with basketball. Jokic. Do you think Jokic's a cat person or a dog person or cat. both? Probably he's a horse cat. person. But he's a, a horse I was person. Say, yeah. But uh, I will say, oftentimes horse people are cat people because you have cats that live in your barn to eat the mice. That's just science. Wow. That's math. That's incredible. No, cat. that's deductive reasoning. That was fa fa that was fantastic. He's right. He's a genius. I also <laughs> think that 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 Jokic seems like a cat person. Yeah, actually. but also just to be clear, you don't let those cats anywhere near your goddamn house. So I don't know. I always find it weird when people have like outdoor dogs. 
Do you guys have? I, yeah. I'm sure people have this. My dogs have always like my dogs on the couch. Oh, dude. You know, like I, he's a little cuddle bug. I, I just got around to seeing uh, indoor dogs. Like, <laughs> I, I, like growing up, I, I think my grandma would be in prison if they seen how the dog was treated growing up. That's why I don't have a love for dogs now. And I think about it because we never really seen the dogs. Dad, you're missing dog. out. I'm telling you, yeah, like it's, it's, it is like uh, uh, my dog. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know you'll see my dog. Uh, every night, my dog. First yeah, off, yeah. first off, my dog is a human baby, yeah. so my dog will start the night under the covers, and then when I wake up, he has situated himself up on the pillow next to me, yeah. and we're sharing one pillow. Oh yeah. And I wake up and I go, "Good morning, Millhouse." <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling. I don't. I just don't get the whole idea of like you, your animals are stuck outside, and they're always like he never comes. It's like raining, and they're like under the porch. Like, no, he's like, an outdoor cat. We didn't even really want a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Like why did you? We just did. I it. tried to let the dog out a few times. The dog comes back. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, on the other, I see Jokic is, is being interviewed right now. Harrison Wind, I believe, should be calling into the studio any second here, live from the ball arena. So we'll take our last break, and then we get on the other side. We'll hear what everybody had to say about this game. I imagine Jokic was asked about his frustrations with Michael Porter. I hope they were. We'll find out on the other side. Hey, uh, time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturns is an education that allows you to adapt. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. Uh, Not having to decide right now, it's never been more important. Choosing between safety, convenience, but keeping your world turning because the world's still turning after all. So if you need to get an education, you're looking to take that next step, check out our friends at MSU Denver Online. Uh, we promise you won't regret that decision either. And then, uh, who, who, what do I do now? Who's your other, who's your other <laughs> ad? Strava? Did you Strava! Say you, uh, guys, you, sleep, bro. you can subscribe now and save 20% off Strava Craft Coffee and, and their subscription service. We know a bunch of you have taken advantage of the one-time code. Well, you can now punch in the 20% off of every single shipment. Uh, using DNVR20. If you've never tried the rich CBD-infused Strava Craft coffee, you're missing out. It's CBD-infused, so it's not going to get you high like THC or anything like no, that. No, you know what it does? What does it I do? I took two uh, CBD gummies today. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm an adult. Oh, I tell. I take them out every night for sleep. You, I have a melatonin. I, it didn't. It, this didn't make melatonin? me sleep. You know. You know what it Different. does? It, it, it doesn't make you high. Yeah, but it, it makes you Chemomate numb. A little numb. I, I think it's the absence right. of symptoms for me. There's symptoms yeah, of anxiety, yeah, yeah. IBS, all that stuff. You don't notice it when you've got CBD in your coffee. There's no better way to get your CBD in your coffee than with Strava Craft Coffee. Use code DMBR20 to get 20% off their subscription service. Also, That's feel it. free Boom. in the comments. Done. Offer your explanation. What does? Honking like a goose mean. We don't know. We love it. We use it all the time. No idea what it means. Thank you. I don't know what honking like a goose does, but I do know that no, no I do know it has gotten a little breezy in here. Ooh, Ooh. a little breeze. Oh, oh, oh. A little breeze. <laughs> Bring the right man now. on. Bring the man on. Live from Ball Arena. Look at him. Looking svelte. He must have been on the Peloton lately. He must have got that. <laughs> I think he might have. Maybe he rode the Peloton into work. Uh, all right there, Harrison. How are you doing there at the uh, the facility, man? Was the vibes incredible? How was the crowd tonight? Uh, the facility. Yeah, that, that, we that, can't hear that is a word oh, for Ball on, Arena. Wind. Hang on, Wind. Hold on a second, Wind. We got to for sure the audience. Wind, just go on a soliloquy. Just say yeah. some shit that we don't need to respond to. Are you there, Wind? <laughs> Can you guys hear me now? There you are, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Miss you. <laughs> Miss you too, man. So I'm really curious because it felt watching the broadcast 
Like, there were some frustrations tonight, in particular between Jokic and one Michael Porter Jr. Did you notice that? And, and can you just kind of take us to what the cameras didn't show during that, that interaction in the third quarter or fourth quarter, whatever it was? Absolutely. That seemed like the big pivot point of the game to me. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. shoots that jumper, and Nikola Jokic's body language really told you all you needed to know about what he thought of that. Um Michael Porter Jr. from there just kind of walked back to the bench, sat down. It seemed like he was kind of psyched out of the game from that point. And, you know, MPJ's night, I liked how he played in the first half. Then he had those two early turnovers in the third quarter. Michael Mullen stayed with him, and Denver kind of recovered. But it seemed like to me from that point, he kind of had the yips a little bit almost. Like mm. he was so unsure of himself. Almost every time he caught the ball there in the second half after those pair of turnovers, it seemed like to me. So you think you noticed it from Porter kind of getting getting flustered from that interaction? I mean, there was a timeout, I think, immediately after this play. Were you able to follow the players to the bench there? And just, you know, what did you see? Just a lot of frustration. Not a ton of interaction between the guys. Um, just kind of a lot of blank faces except from Jokic who we saw tonight was really visibly frustrated with, with a lot of things that happened he was still pretty vocal it seemed like but everybody else not not so much hmm it is interesting I mean we spent a lot of time because just kind of go into those frustrations but it, it, I mean it just it seemed like there was a lot there maybe it, it calmed down I know Porter didn't you know get to get the close there but Jokic is like uh He's like a college group project. And he's just, he like shows up. He's like, hey guys, I got seven eighths of this done. I bound it. I put it in a PowerPoint presentation. You guys think you could just handle the attributions at the end? <laughs> Nobody no. does it. Nobody does it. You get a failing grade. In college, were you the guy that did all the group project work or were you the guy that didn't do any? Uh, I went to art school, so I just uh, I just painted garbage. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, what about the media availability wind? I mean, where, who, who all spoke and, and where do you want to start with this? I got a lot of questions for this media availability. Yeah, so we spoke to Michael Malone, of course, uh, Nicola, Jamal and Will Barton. And the guy who stood out the most or whose comments stood out the most was Jamal Murray. This was the most frustrated I've seen Jamal Murray all season, by far. It, it seems like after a lot of losses this year, he's been just really level-headed, really confident that they were gonna bounce back. He was very, very frustrated um, after this one tonight. Michael Malone pretty much came out and said defense was the reason they lost. And Jamal kind of followed that and said, quote, I was 4-17, 1-7 from 3, 3 rebounds. That's frustrating, really frustrating. Coach is doing everything he can on the offensive end to get us good looks, but he can't get back on defense for us. He can't shoot the ball for me. And then another notable thing Jamal Murray said was that the injuries are taking a toll on him. I mean – we can talk about this, but he's still obviously not close to 100%, and I think he might have picked up another injury tonight. Um, but he pretty much just said he's trying to take care of his body, and he's not getting up any shots or shooting the ball on off days. He's only mm. shooting the ball on game days, and that's because he's trying to keep his body fresh with all the injuries he's had. So it continues to pile up for him on that front, and he was really, really frustrated post game. 
It's interesting that he's talking about it as much as he has this season because, you know, really in covering his career, he doesn't he doesn't like to talk about the injuries and he likes to play it off and he likes to kind of give the wink or this or that. But it seems like over this last week or so, I mean, they're, they're just piling up. Like you said, that he's he, he, there's nowhere else for him to go and he's kind of being open about how banged up he is. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's just because it's really affecting his play now more yeah. than ever. I mean, you guys know me. I've always been the one to kind of joke, but also kind of be a little serious that when Jamal Murray's hurt, like the level of his play goes up a notch. Right. But now the injuries have just compounded to such an extent where it's hurting him just so much out there. And at least to me, he was fading away on so many shots tonight. Oh. It just seems like he can't get any separation. He doesn't have that explosiveness. He doesn't have that whatever first step he had before he doesn't have it, and it's just really hurting him out there. Yeah, it's. I watched, I like went back and watched some uh, highlights of Jamal Murray in the bubble. It, it's, do that tonight. Like, go and watch Jamal Murray in the bubble and see how fast he is, yeah. how decisive he is, how elusive he is, and then compare it to like what you see tonight. It's like night and day. They're just like not even the same pair, uh, player. It is like, there were a couple times where, I mean, that like big, big three that he missed that was wide open. When he missed it, you could yeah. just see him. He turned around, dropped his head, walked outside. You could just see him like swearing. Like, I mean, he's he, like, he's super frustrated. It's like yeah. Jamal knows he's not playing well. I mean, like yeah. he doesn't need us to tell him or the comments to tell him he's not playing well. Like he gets it. But I mean, I don't know how you get to that next level. And I, I really do think a lot of it just comes down to health, unfortunately. Is he just going to get more hurt though? I mean, if they just keep playing him through this. Do they have to just bite the bullet, take some L's for a couple of weeks? We'll find out. But Yeah, we'll, we'll find <laughs> yeah. out. Stay tuned. Uh, what else was said today, uh, Harrison? Was there anything else from Jamal? Yeah, Jamal Murray's other notable quote, he was kind of asked about this team's identity being the resilient ones and always kind of fighting back. And Jamal pretty much said, I don't want to be the resilient team anymore. I don't want to be the team that bounces back. We've got to start hitting first. Mm. I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's yeah. all good and good and fair. Hmm. They did. They scored forty points. When tonight in the first quarter they hit first. And oh, then they, they just did like, well. That's what I'm saying. Like they are hitting first, and then they're just <laughs> and then they're like taking a nap. forgetting to come out of halftime. <laughs> yeah, man. Like yeah. what the H? Yeah, these third quarters. Um, all right. What about Malone? I want to hear what Malone had to say and what his sort of temperament was in the post game. Yeah, he was frustrated as well. Um, his opening quote was pretty much, we've lost three in a row because we haven't defended anybody. And, and look, like, Milwaukee came into tonight. They have the number one offense in the league. They're lighting absolutely everybody up. And, I mean, we know this, guys. This Nuggets roster, it's not built to be an elite defensive team. Like, it's just not. The, the Nuggets' only way to win tonight was probably going to be to outscore the Bucks, right? Mm. And they did that in the first half. Uh, they didn't do that in the second half. Like, I get what Michael Malone's saying, but to ask this team to keep Milwaukee, like, under 110 points or under 105 points, is that realistic? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Especially the way they were coming tonight from, from their – their length, Giannis and Middleton just kind of getting whatever they wanted. God, Giannis's game is so irritating. <laughs> he really is the Shaq of this era. It's like the perfect comp. Oh, my God. The stuff he does, you're just kind of like, well, you either have a guy physically that can do it or you make the wall 
and then hope they don't hit threes. But he's just so athletically dominant. Every time he shot a three in the first half, we were just dying of laughter. Like thinking about like every slam post that comes out in the (laughs) summer, like of Giannis cashing a three. And they're like, oh, put the league on notice. Giannis learned how to shoot. And then he like airballs. He hit one. Then he hit two. Oh, he hit two. That's right. He banked banked that one in. Oh, he banked that one. You're right. Oh, man, that was a rough one. Uh, What else from Malone? Anything else? I mean, did he speak at all about Porter and Jokic? You know, not particularly. Um, It it was a shorter session, but um, he didn't really speak about that interaction or anything. He did touch on how not having Gary Harris and P.J. Dozier against Milwaukee's guards and wings and Chris Middleton obviously played a big role in just how easy the Bucs scored tonight. But, you know, like it is what it is. Those guys are out right now. Um, you know, injuries happen. So he, he did right. not speak about the Porter-Jokic interaction, though. Hmm. Did he mention Porter's game at all? <laughs> did he, was he asked uh, about really. it in his struggles? Nah, I mean, it's not, been a few in a row. All right, what about yeah. Jokic? So I pretty much just asked Yoke because he went right after Jamal in, in the media thing. And like I was saying, Jamal was visibly, visibly frustrated, just pissed off. And I asked kind of Yoke what his frustration level is right now. And he kind of deflected. And then at the end, he circled back and said, quote, I think frustration is a good thing. Being mad is a good thing. It's just going to make us better, hopefully. So I guess that's another way to look at it. It is an interesting way to look at it. And he's that does show good perspective, I guess, from Yoke, like. I'm not going to lie. It does. Yeah. It is tough when you see your player kicking the chair or screaming at guys or this or that because you do wonder, like, is this the good type of frustration or is it the bad? I think it is. I think it's really good. I think it's like passion is, uh, you know, this is the thin line between love and hate because passion is just something that it, it stirs causes, you. It just like makes the human like a human react. And it's like he wants to win like you can't accuse Jokic of just kind of going through the motions. Like it's great to see emotion when it's tied to the results, because that means you care what happened. Right. right? Like, and it, it may not, and almost you know, probably won't work out for Denver this way, but a lot of teams that succeeded, reached the mountaintop, did a lot of great things in hindsight. The stories, the books that come out after they all highlight moments where there was tension right. and they don't necessarily point to it maybe as a turning point, but, but as a catalyst for good things to come to, I, I think the big takeaway is, Yoke cares. Yoke wants this, um, and him feeling that pressure is something to watch if and as the team continues to struggle. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good thing. And Yoke was asked about kind of the MPJ interaction, and he said he talked to Michael Porter post game about that particular shot, and he said he just explained to him that he thought it was a bad shot. Love to hear. I'd love to hear that. Honestly, no, no. Seriously, I mean that is a concern. Like, is it just bad language from from body language from Jokic? Does he just look angry? Because not a lot of guys are going to be receptive to just getting yelled at. But if he's also taking the time to speak his mind, which is something in the past with Jokic we've been worried about. Absolutely. So it's good to hear that he's at least making that effort. Watching watching all of Jokic's career has just been so. It's been such a joy in so many different ways. But this is another. But this is another part of it. You know, like seeing him try to learn and navigate the road towards leadership and all these different things and i don't know it's just fun it is light it is very different from where he was two three seasons ago and probably very different from where he will be two or three seasons from now yeah i mean Mm -hmm. the 
it is cool. Like this is this is why like long term fandom is worthwhile because you get to see right. this growth of Nikola Jokic. Like he comes over, he's like we literally know nothing about him. He uh, does a couple like interesting passes. We're intrigued. Then you know like his first couple years in the league, he's not big enough. He gets pushed around. Then he gets too big, and he's, he has takes the first part off of every season. Like now Jokic is just like. He's here, man. Like, Jokic is everything we thought he was going to be. And, like, now he really is taking that leader mantle. And, like, leadership comes from just saying, like, this is where we're going. Like, I am showing you where we are going. Right. That is, that's what it is to be a leader. I mean, there's, like, a lot of different uh, manifestations of what it is to get to that place. Um, what's uh, going on there? <laughs> we're giving an impassioned speech. Oh. Uh, <laughs> That was uh, that sounded like a ballerina. It sounded like the death rattle of a honking goose. If I'm being all right, F it. <laughs> Harrison, what else do you have? Anything else you got from? Uh, did the Reverend have anything really insightful? Yeah, Will Barton on just the Nuggets defense tonight, and specifically Chris Middleton, who had 29 and looked incredible. He said uh, he'll take full response, responsibility for that. Barton said, that's on me. Middleton kicked my ass. There you go, haters. <laughs> You're <also> right. <laughs> he yeah. also knows. Uh, God damn it. Um, well, all right. Well, Harrison, I mean, Nuggets in a little bit of a rut here. A couple <laughs> tough games. We were talking about this. Lakers, the Kings had been streaking, and now, you know, obviously the Bucks. It's a couple tough ones, but they have an opportunity with some game teams coming up to kind of bounce back, and and I'm kind of curious. Do you have any closing thoughts before we, uh, we yeah, hop Harrison, out Yeah, Harrison, we're in a bad place. We need this closing thought to be insightful and therapeutic. Not just for the <laughs> uh, commenters, but for us too. All right, go. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll just say that I think it was a little refreshing to hear Jamal Murray just – say how frustrated he was and just kind of voice that because they've been trying to keep just a real level head all season. Yeah. Um, but I think it boiling over can be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll find out the nice thing about this season. You don't have to sit on losses for long. We're going to be back here. What is it? Monday. We're going to be back here on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, it's every other day for every week. other day for the entire month. Um, so we'll be back. And then don't forget it. Thanks so much, Harrison. We'll, we'll kind of let you go get home safely, buddy. Blowing out of here. Um, but you know, the, the other thing with it is, you know, we'll be back here on Wednesday pregame show. We hope you guys hop in. If you missed today's pregame show, you can go back because we talk about things that are evergreen. We don't just preview the game. Right. We talk about we always try to bring a topic that gives you reason to go back and check them out. They're like miniature podcasts. They're honestly oh. like miniature DMBA shows. You should go check them out. Um, but we'll be back on Wednesday. But also tomorrow, guys, I'm going to be doing a notebook pod. I'll rewatch the game. If you're not subscribed already, make sure you subscribe to the DMBR Nuggets podcast because those ones go on in between these shows. Um, fellas. This wasn't the worst losers lounge. Yeah. But it's the worst. You know what a great losers lounge? Still not as good as a bad winners lounge. I know. There's li- there's no Yeah, that's the thing like that's true DraftKings. That you got to watch the reason to watch the pregame is not to hear Adam's evergreen content. It's to get his green solutions, which is to get uh money. Is that man. a money solution? And by the way, money. Guys, what a new, money was that? new rule going forward that we learned tonight. Just bet against the Nuggets in the third quarter oh every god. time. You know that every time. Oh my god, it's true. Kale hit that. I didn't. I didn't have the, the guts to do it. You hit it too. But Kale was like, "Yeah, yeah, I hit it in my third. And I was like, "I don't want to. I don't want to hear it, bro. I don't hear it. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, you're right. The Nuggets are losing. Cool. <laughs> Thanks so much for riding with us, guys. We'll see you all.
tomorrow. Let's freaking go. Let's freaking go. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.